A few weeks ago, we talked to Bill Mercer, who's the last living reporter who was working on the day John F. Kennedy was shot. Bill Mercer has seen more history, more sports history than you can ever imagine. He's had a life that's almost ridiculous from the amount of stuff he's done and accomplished. We talk to Bill Mercer next. And now a word from our title sponsor. Are all financial advisors fiduciaries? Fewer than you think, not knowing could reduce your lifestyle. Hi, I'm Mitch Kramer, founder and CEO of Fluent Financial. A fiduciary is a regulatory term to reduce conflicts of interest in wealth management. A fiduciary always works in your best interest. A non-fiduciary advisor might put their compensation or company ahead of yours. At Blunt Financial, we are certified financial planners acting as fiduciary advisors. To learn more, go to FluentFinancial.com or Fluent Financial's YouTube channel. What's damaged your roof? Hail, water, wind, maybe just aid. Oh, Hail Roofing is where to turn. They've provided the best options, advice, and solutions, be it residential or commercial. For more than a decade now, you can trust Oh, Hail to restore your property expertly. Oh, Hail. That's O H H H A I L. Ohail.com. With seasonings, there seem to be so many. And then they just sit in your spice cabinet forever. That's not true of goodness steak seasoning. I know the name steak suggests that it's very good on steak, which it is. But goodness steak seasoning is so versatile. Use it on veggies, burgers, soups, even popcorn. Get it by going to the website bringthetasty.com. Goodness, this seasoning is good. The man who is our guest now may have seen more history than anybody alive. And he was part of so many of those events. He is now 97-year-old Bill Mercer, and I can't tell you the privilege it is to talk to you. Thank you, Norris. Equal a privilege to talk to one of the greatest reporters that we have in this country. Well, I think of the two reporters sitting here, <laughs> I am definitely number two, sir. So, <laughs> Okay, we won't argue that. <laughs> it, it all begins when you're 17. You're a signalman in the Navy. Yeah. And you're on ships that took part in five invasions. Right. Marshall Islands, right. Guam, Leyte, Luzon, and Okinawa. Yeah. Um, were those moments as chaotic as the rest of us would think they would be? They were at times, yes. And uh, my ship was an LCI gunboat we fired rockets to take the first wave of Marines or infantry in to those islands. Uh, some islands are easier than others. I mean, Leyte and Luzon were no big deal. Because of these rockets we fired, we cleared out a big area behind the beach and uh, cleared out a lot of Japanese uh, gunners back there. Guam was a bad one because of the cliffs, uh, had the high cliffs. We got hit there, and uh, three of our uh, mates were killed That uh, we as we tried to get away from the shelling. And the, 
So, so you lost friends. Oh yeah, yeah. In these battles. Yeah, only one time though, but that's enough. You know, that's plenty. Yeah. When veterans have been in wars and around battle, sometimes they don't want to talk about some of the things they've seen. Is that true of you? You know, not really. Uh, I know those guys who in the trenches and in the bowels of that battle of when you're man to man and all that. I don't know how they handle it every day going out there and doing that. We did our, we did our bit, went in, fired our rockets, and moved out. Now, we have moved away from the battle. The poor Marines and our Army going in are taking but hopefully they take it without much trouble. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to worry about the aftermath, uh, Japanese bombers coming over, uh, suicide planes later. Uh, first one I saw, uh, which put us all in danger, we were at Luzon. We had a cruiser. Uh, our ship was like this. The beach was here, and this cruiser was over here wasn't very far away and I was handling the flags that day to execute to mm -hmm. send it in and all of a sudden I'm watching our ship waiting for the signal and this plane comes flying across the fr front of us and crashes into this cruiser tremendous mm -hmm. fire and I I was just shocked I mean what is this we'd never seen this before and uh, Immediately after that, another hit it, and that ship kept firing. They mm. didn't stop, even though they were people were killed on the ship. The bridge was pulled out, but they kept firing at the beach, and somebody took over. In in a previous episode on our podcast, we discussed at length the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Right. When you were working that day, in fact, worked the twenty-four hour day that day as one of the reporters for KRLD. Uh, even now, I take it that it's difficult for you to control your emotions when you look back at that event. Yeah, if we're talking about it again, and I have to bring the images up again, it, uh, it hits you right here in the stomach. It's a little different than the war where things are just going all crazy, you don't know anything, anybody out there, but you know somebody's being killed. It's a lot different. From uh, 65 to 71, you were the broadcaster for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. And that's before they were America's team. Back <laughs> then, they were labeled America's loser, basically. <laughs> I got started with them in 65, uh, doing play-by-play, -play, and... Uh, I guess my greatest, my personal greatest thrill after I'd done it was the Ice Bowl game in 67. For people who don't remember that, that's the NFC Championship. Right. In that Green Bay. In Green Bay, where the game time temperature was minus 13. 30. And the wind chill was in the 30s, yes. That morning I got up and I called. The, the operator called and waked me up. She said, welcome to Green Bay. It's 30 below zero. And oh. I thought, 
that can't be right because <laughs> we'd been out walking around town the night before. So I got up and went out and went through the swinging doors and never stopped, came swinging right back in. <laughs> At game time, it was 20 below zero. Oh. And then it did get down to 18. And uh, it was uh, a remarkable situation thing to have a game in that situation. What was the broadcast booth like? <laughs> well, let's see. This is our broadcast booth right here. Okay. And we had a window right there. And I like to open the windows because I like to have the feel of the crowd. This window was frozen shut. So, and also we noticed as my spotter, uh, Blackie Sheard, my color man, and I, and uh, the engineer were in there, we suddenly noticed we couldn't see out because our breaths were being covering the, the, uh, the picture, the, wow. the, the uh, panes of glass. So the young man who was spotting for me said, oh, I got an idea for that. I'll go across the street and get us a couple of cans of de-icer. I'll be right back. And we were up there early a couple of hours before the game. 30 minutes later, right before he came back with three cans of de-icer, his face was red and he was just so cold he was shaking. We used every can of that de-icer so that we could see out and wow. uh, do the game that day. Wow. And people should recall back then, there was no Major League Baseball here. There was no NBA. No. There was no hockey. The Cowboys were the team in town. And now they're moving. And, and now they're moving. Exactly right. What was it like when they eventually won a Super Bowl? Oh, I did it. 72. I know. <clears throat> it was such a thrill. Uh, my partner, Bert Lundquist, and I were in the stadium. <laughs> there's, there's always something that happens. The old stadium where they played the Super Bowl was an old stadium. Tulane. Yeah. And we're up on the, in this radio booth of sorts. And I touched the window to move it, and it fell down on the crowd. <laughs> no. No. No simple thing going on. <laughs> But nobody got hurt, and there was some yelling at me up there. And uh, Burns said, "You ready to fight?" And I said, "No, we'll we'll be very." <laughs> but it was the most thrilling thing to, after all those years, the Cowboys made it. Fifty years later, the Rangers made it. Yes, and but, by the way, by the way, that first season, you did the Rangers in their first season. Yeah, you broadcast the yeah. Rangers. Now. That was the Washington Senators was. who moved here, and they'd moved into Arlington Stadium. And, sir, you saw a lot of bad baseball that first year. <laughs> yeah, I, I still keep in touch with uh, Tom Grieve and Rich Hand and some of the guys. Yeah, that was pretty bad baseball. Ted uh, was our manager, mm -hmm. Ted Williams, and that was a, that was a load sometimes. But he was great. I loved him. But the first year, we lost 100 games. And I think 50 years later, how what we won in that great mm -hmm. uh, championship of the World Series. By the way, 
took I, 50 years, but it finally happened. I was here that first year. Yeah. And the Rangers were lucky to have not lost a lot more than 100 <laughs> games. <laughs> oh, that's true. They were so bad. But the next year was a saving grace of David Clyde. Yes, for at least a moment. Yeah, for a moment. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, his moment wasn't long enough either. Bill Mercer announced seven Cotton Bowls on CBS TV. He has taught dozens and dozens of dozens of young people who've gone on terrific careers in the media while Bill taught journalism at North Texas State. He's in lots of halls of fame, but perhaps the thing he's best known for is the TV voice of live wrestling <laughs> in Dallas, Texas at the old Sportatorium. Oh, Lord. And now they're making a movie about it. Yes. Yes. The Iron Claw. Are you the star? No, no. I'm third down. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm being played by a man six feet tall, which doesn't fit with my character size. <laughs> but I hear he does well. I didn't see the movie. That's a premiere. But uh, my granddaughter did. She said she was in tears at the end of it. It's a good movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, wrestling was... Uh, well, it's things in this business are an accident, aren't they? I was in Muskogee learning my trade. Mm -hmm. And I was doing baseball, minor league baseball, learning to recreate games. I was in football, basketball, boxing was big, and I did that. And then one day they came in and said, hey, by the way, you got to do professional wrestling live at the uh, city hall. We do a program there every month. I said, I haven't seen wrestling. What is wrestling? You know? <laughs> so I had to learn the holes, and I got wrote down what they looked like, and I started doing that. Well, I really enjoyed it because I could do play-by-play -play with professional wrestling. Well, that that got to be huge immediately in this city. Oh, could, God. Could like, you go anywhere without being recognized? No. My daughter said when we went stopped to eat at the restaurant, Somebody would come over for my autograph. She said, can't we go anywhere without you having to sign an autograph? <laughs> this little girl right here. <laughs> Wrestling is famous for being scripted. That's right. Did you become part of the script? No, I refused. Really? I, they had meetings, and I, they said, come to the meetings and we'll tell you how it works. I said, no, I don't want to know how it works because... I have no spontaneity if I know how it works. I don't. I want to be just as surprised as the people are and everybody else is, so that I can react and do a better job. And that was my. You know, I thought of it as a hobby for a long time. And uh, but I I really enjoyed the things when suddenly something happened that was not scripted, like when uh, uh, Kevin Bonnery got hit on the head by a chair. And his head, blood rolled down and uh, onto my uh, table. Oh. That was not scripted, but he was hit. But he wasn't supposed to be hit that hard. So those things happened. Uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, Norm. Uh, we uh, in world class championship wrestling. We uh, added a lot of individual uh, situations. We went out and shots 
uh, features and stuff mm -hmm. and uh, added that in as getting the personalities of all the the, the free birds and uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin's new wife and you know all that kind of stuff that we tried to do. Well, didn't you go to Jimmy Garvin's house and yeah. a and yeah. a, and a woman answered the door? Well, Sunshine had left the thing. Sunshine was the first woman. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, he she was supposed to be Sunny gorgeous Jimmy Garvin's friend. Mm -hmm. Now he comes in and says, "I'm bringing my wife in," and here's this good-looking woman in the ring. And everybody went, who is she? We don't know a thing about her. So we took the camera out, and I knocked on the door. And here comes this pretty lady in a negligee, very tiny little negligee. And I opened the door, and I said, is Jimmy in? Can I talk to him? No, you can't talk to him. He and I are busy right now. Come back sometime. Close the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we didn't. I didn't say another word. I just turned. And that was it. <laughs> I'm going to just run some names past you. Yeah. The Von Erichs. Great. Kabuki. Kabuki. The great Kabuki. M missing Link. Missing Link. Gino Hernandez. Link. Uh, Gino Hernandez. Gino. Poor guy. Was murdered. Yes. Yeah. The manager Gary Hart. I love Gary. We had a good time together. Can I tell you a quick story about him? Sure. <laughs> I'm doing an interview with him one day, and uh, unfortunately, it wasn't live. We were, it was right before the bout. And uh, he said, I said something about, made some comment about it. And he said, Oh, you think you're so smart, don't you? You think, you think because you went to this school up here that you're really smart. I said, no, I'm no smarter. I said, you're probably smart. He said, well, I've been there. I've been there, school. I said, you have? He said, yeah. I said, when did you matriculate? And he's paused a second. He said, oh, two or three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> that never aired. <laughs> did, now Andy, it's aired for the first time. <laughs> those wrestling telecasts. Yeah. were sent worldwide. That's right. They became famous. They became the hottest show in, of all places, Israel. Right. And you became the fourth most noticeable and notable person in the country of Israel. Right behind the three Von Erichs. <laughs> I had, years and years later, someplace we were doing pictures uh, they about Wesley, and I was there with his pictures. And this little lady came up, and this guy said, "Oh, she is from Israel. She lives up in some place, and she heard you were going to be here, so she came down because she used to watch and listen to you in Israel. And so I got to meet her, and she's a lovely little lady, and and uh, that's the only." fan I met, but that's one of the fans. Bill, what an incredible career. <laughs> it really turned out pretty well. <laughs> Didn't it, though? Didn't it, though? I didn't know I was doing anything. I'd, I'd <laughs> say you had a few moments. <laughs> you know about those things. <laughs> hey, God bless you, and thank you. Hey. It was wonderful visiting with You're you. You're the greatest. God bless you, Bill. Bless you.
Today's episode has been brought to you by Fluent Financial, by Ohel Roofing, and by Goodness Steak Seasoning. Just Wondering is a production of DSP Media for FanStream Sports. You can find Norm's show along with other great programming at FanStreamSports.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Just Wondering. If you enjoyed it, please hit follow. Then each episode every weekday will be delivered straight to you. And if we might ask one more favor, please share it with friends. I'm Norm Hitzkus, and every day I'll be just wondering about something. And I'm Mary Hitzkus, and I'm just wondering too.